today on Ag News Daily. So we did a video where we had the original players lined up and then they're looking at all this ham and bacon that Purchase had purchased and they're trying to figure out what to do with it and then Cook comes in and he's like, man, don't worry, I got this. Well, here we are, February 2nd, 2024. Tanner Delaney here to hit you with some quick headlines on our Friday epidi- episode. Ooh, Epidition. Delaney, that's a new one. Yeah, I'm not sure where you're going with that one, but here we Edition are. Edition and episode put together. But I do have some good news for you. Poxitani Phil did not see his shadow this morning, so that means there is going to be an early spring. Lots of Farmers in Iowa are claiming it's going to be a wet spring due to all the fog we've been having. Right now, our friends in North Dakota and Northern uh, and South Dakota, as well as Nebraska, south into Northern Kansas, are in a fog warning again. Central Nebraska visibility this morning could be down to less than a quarter of a mile. The National Weather Service says that this could make driving hazardous. Thunderstorms are expected to roll into western Oklahoma this afternoon and into tonight. Again, there could be hail that comes with those, as well as 65-mile-per-hour winds associated with those storms. But other than that, it looks to be a pretty quiet weather day across the rest of the U.S. Well, Tanner, it may not be a quiet weather day for South America as uh, they're going to potentially see some more hot and dry conditions taking a toll on corn and sweeping crops at a very critical time. As we head into the weekend here, it's expected to be a fairly dry weekend and we may see an impact to Argentina's crop conditions report that comes out next week. Uh, Right now, analysts are suggesting that the damage is not going to be super extreme as they've seen quite a bit of relief to their drought overall, but the longer term models are pointing to hot and dry, so we need to continue watching the story unfolding there. But the story here in the United States has been that a lot of areas in the United States, mostly the southeast and New England states, have seen quite a bit of improvement in the U.S. Drought Monitor. The weekly U.S. Drought Monitor this week, Tanner, shows that quite a few states have seen a class improvement or two class improvements as far as drought conditions go. Again, unfortunately, not a lot of states in the Midwest have seen that drastic of a change. They're mostly sitting at no change, but a few small pockets of Missouri, Nebraska, and Minnesota have seen some slight improvements And in the Dakotas, unfortunately, we've seen some class degradations as well. So a little bit of a mixed bag there, but all in all, it does seem that as a whole, the drought conditions are improving across the United States. Yeah, that's good to see that measure moving the opposite direction. There are reports in central Iowa of farmland selling for $144,000 an acre to Microsoft, who will be putting a data center just outside of the West Des Moines-Waukee area. Otherwise, Jim Rothermich is saying people are hesitant to push prices. There could be a hint of a reset and new level of farmland values. However, when you talk to Paul Shadeg, the senior vice president from Farmers National Company, he said that a report from his company showed that the declining commodity prices and elevated interest rates are leaving land prices higher than their internal survey expected. As they polled most of their agents, they stated it's remarkable how stable the market conditions have been. 
again, Jim Rothermich, Vice President of Agricultural Appraisals for Iowa. He said, based upon the auction data, farmland values are down 1% from 2022. It's amazing that they are holding as well as they are. Of course, farmers are in the driver's seat for Iowa's farmland market. They are continuing to keep an eye on what these sales would do. Illinois and Indiana have picked up a little steam. A lot of sales uh, are carrying that $20,000 plus range. Resilient farmland prices will probably be the theme as projected from both of these sources in 2024. The number of price reductions on listings is what's catching the eye of Jim Rothermich, stating that auctions still seem to remain firm. But as you look at sellers might be willing to take a lesser dollar amount. So Delaney, that could signal a potential lower or softening of the land market ahead. I'm glad you mentioned that article, Tanner. I had that one as well. But another story I saw reported on earlier this week was looking at foreign farmland investments. As we know that uh, the government and a lot of state governments are trying to crack down on that this year. But adding fuel to the fire over the ownership of foreign land is a Chinese billionaire who has owned 198,000 acres of timberland in Oregon for nearly nine years without reporting those ownership details to the USDA as the law requires. The Chinese gaming industry billionaire, I'm going to butcher the name, I'm sure, but Tian Q. Chen has owned the forest since 2015 but the specifics of his ownership were not reported until earlier in January this year when the land report listed him as a newcomer to the magazine's top 100 individual landowners report. The acreage in Oregon makes him the second largest individual foreign owner of a farm or forest land in the country, second to a Canadian family. This certainly was mentioned in some of the Congress or congressional discussions as Senator Sherrod Brown on Wednesday announced the introduction of a bipartisan Senate bill to shed more light on foreign ownership of farmland. And he specifically mentioned Chen's ownership of the timberland, stating we didn't even know about it. So not uh, not a warm, fuzzy feeling that a lot of folks in Congress are having after learning the details of this large foreign land ownership, Tanner. Yeah, and I think that probably is the same feeling of most of their constituents. The Gromark facility in Arcola, Illinois, is providing more details after a grain bin collapse. A massive bin collapsed Thursday evening. Investigators are trying to figure out how and why this happened at the intersection of Illinois' 133 and U.S. 45 highways. First responders said that nobody was hurt and the cleanup will take several days. All the employees clocked out at 4.30 p.m. And eyewitnesses stated that the booming noises and large dust cloud happened around 6.30 p.m. First responders were dispatched. Of course, now next steps for this cleanup is uh, to make sure heavy equipment is brought in and carefully dissect the site so they can figure out why this had happened. Eyewitnesses said Delaney, it sounded like two cars getting into a car accident with a semi, said that it was loud, but most residents didn't feel that the initial noise was something con to be concerned about. Then it got louder and all of a sudden the poom of smoke is what they said, came above the site. Turns out it was grain dust. There was no fire at this accident. Of course, this collapse 
will be uh, continued to be monitored and inspected to make sure that there is no other issues on this site going forward. Glad to hear that this one happened, Delaney, with no life or injuries reported. Absolutely. That is a scary situation to be in, Tanner. Yes, it is. We do have a quick update coming from the Iowa Department of Agriculture and Land Stewardship. They are accepting their applications for their 2024 specialty crop block grants that uh, will take place now through March 1st. So go to the Iowa Department of Agriculture Land Stewardship website. They will accept those applications to help enhance the competitiveness of specialty crops grown in Iowa using funds from the USDA. So our listeners can go check that out. Fantastic. Well, Tanner, this week we are seeing National Cattlemen's Convention wrapping up in Florida. And of course, Cattle Facts is going to be the big seminar that a lot of folks will be attending. Kevin Good with Cattle Facts says that the USDA's semi-annual cattle inventory report showed again the herd was shrinking and producers are not rebuilding at the same pace. He says about a third of the cow herd was in dry or drought conditions in 2023. And overall, that's going to lead to another good year here for the feeder cattle market. He said they're suggesting anywhere from $240 to $250 per hundred weight on an eight weight is where he thinks we'll see this year end up. So substantially higher than last year once again. Uh, of course, that will eventually move higher the margin, the system, particularly for a feeder and uh, just something to keep an eye on as far as margins are concerned, but should be another positive year here for the cattle industry, according to Cattle Facts, Tanner. Yeah, especially if we see grain prices continuing to slink back. A number of extreme weather events are increasing. So the University of Nebraska Lincoln researchers are developing a model to help monitor corn. They're going to study the effects of temperature has on corn plants and do it at a faster rate. This is a continuation of a previous project there. They're looking to boost their nitrogen use study under stress to also monitor plant health. This will be the largest ever metabolic model of corn. University of Nebraska Lincoln professor of chemical and biomolecular engineering and principal investigator says that this will allow them to take a holistic plant-wide approach to figuring out the metabolism and what that happens what happens to the metabolism of a corn plant when it's under stress. The team's study had found that inputting excessive heat and cold data into their models showed the plant growth, though the heat provided a larger issue for the plant than cool temperatures. They are going to continue to press forward to develop high-yielding corn genotypes to be capable of withstanding stress. Of course, that's their goal. First of all, they will take this into their research department and continue to try and solve the issues that corn has with dealing with extreme heat to hopefully Delaney protect our listeners from extreme heat events going forward. Well, Tanner, I think I am out of news headlines for today. What about you? That was my last one. Fantastic. Well, it looks like the only thing left to chat about then is the overnight markets recording a little earlier this morning. So the overnights are still active here, but it does appear that they are trading a little bit higher here this morning. March corn currently up a quarter of a cent at 447 and a half. March soybeans up two pennies at 1205 and a quarter. 
As we take a look at the wheat contracts here this morning, the Chicago March contract is up six and three quarters cents at 608 and a quarter. March hard red winter wheat up 10 and three quarters cents at 631 and a half. And March spring wheat up seven and three quarters cents at 703 and three quarters. Tanner taking a look at the livestock markets. April live cattle will open at a buck 8317 this morning. March feeder cattle opened open this morning at 244.87 after trading the limit yesterday. And April lean hawks will pencil in this morning at 83.75. Tanner, we are having a super fun Friday conversation today with Kevin Hall of the Iowa Pork Producers Association to chat about the fun college campaign that went viral just a few months ago. So let's turn it over to that conversation. Tanner, today's Friday interview is going to be a fun one because this campaign has gone viral or did go viral a few months ago when it first hit Twitter and social media spaces. We're chatting today with Kevin Hall, the communications director for the Iowa Pork Producers Association to chat about the Purchase More Ham and Bacon campaign. Kevin, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So, Kevin, I... uh, thought it would be fun to catch back up on this campaign because a few weeks ago, the Iowa Pork Producers Association won a pretty big award at a agriculture advertising conference called NAMA. And I thought we have to learn about the story of how this campaign came to be. So I've got to ask, was this your brainchild? Well, I I wish I could take all the credit for coming up with it. But what actually happened is Iowa State has two players, Tommy Hammond and Caleb Bacon, Uh, And they were on the field next to each other in the Cyclones season opener uh, against Northern Iowa. And they were shown on the broadcast next to each other. And an Iowa State fan got a screenshot of it. So you saw Hammond Bacon next to each other on the field. An Iowa State fan took a picture of that from the broadcast, put it out on Twitter, or X as it's called now, and tagged us and said, hey, can we get these dudes an NIL deal? And uh, it got a lot of attention pretty quickly. I saw it that night and instantly said, yes, we should do something. So I texted Joyce Hoppus, our uh, person who works in promotions the next morning. And she said, yes, love it. Let's roll with it. So eight o'clock Monday morning, I'm in her office and we start getting the ball rolling and going with it. So how was that once the ball got rolling and you got to meet the players and start working on the project? What was that interaction like? Well, it was, uh, the fun thing about it is we looked down the roster and not only was there a ham and bacon, but there's also Purchase and more, Miles Purchase and Tyler Moore. So you put it all together, you get Purchase, more ham and bacon. Um, The first thing we did was reach out to the Iowa State's NIL collective. It's called the We Will Collective, and a lot of the major universities have these now, now that NIL is a thing existing with college athletics and players are actually able to get paid. Um, So we had an existing relationship with them because we did a little bit of stuff with them last season. So we reached out to them and they were able to connect us with the players and kind of set everything up and negotiate the price. And uh, they that was great because they handled a lot of the logistics for us. I love that. You know, it just happened to work out. You had all four of these players last names that created this perfect storm of a campaign. So once you kind of got through that deal flow process with the NIL, what 
how did you actually come up with the idea for the campaign we saw, which is the bacon on the plate, the players standing there with their jerseys? It was just a really neat advertisement and a great way to promote pork. Yeah, I mean, their last names kind of speak for themselves. And with Iowa State being an agricultural school and our job here at the Iowa Pork Producers Association is to promote the pork industry. We want people to eat pork and we also want to promote what our pig farmers do and how they care about the environment and the community and, of course, their animals. But uh, just a great way to promote the product. So we just let the jersey speak for themselves. So I spent the weekend before uh, cooking about 12 pounds of bacon and a huge ham and brought that to the photo shoot. And uh, we just put the four of them together, lined up the jerseys, purchased more ham and bacon with uh, the bacon and ham in the foreground. And um, about a week later, we timed a social media release to go out uh, or media release to go out along with social media posts across uh, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, and uh, it just took off like wildfire. That's exciting. I think, Delaney, we're going to have to get Coach Campbell to recruit someone with the last name Listen and podcast, so that way uh, <laughs> we, could, we could run a campaign like this. But are there any tips or tricks that you learned cooking that bacon for a photo shoot like that? Do you have to spray it with, with special um, – coating or is it naturally just that beautiful yeah it uh i did spray a little bit of uh ham or cooking oil on it just to give it a little bit of a, a shine and there's actually uh if you see the picture i mean it looks like a huge mound of bacon and it is it was 12 pounds uh there is a little bit a little bowl underneath it to kind of give it a little bit of a lift but um yeah we wanted to make sure that it was pretty i we dressed up the ham a little bit too put some garnish and some oranges around it and uh but yeah it's just, really the names on the jerseys did the trick um but having the huge pound of bacon huge 12 pounds of bacon and the huge ham there certainly helped uh, get the message across kevin i got to ask with 12 pounds of bacon and a ham how long did that take you to cook all of that and <laughs> and how come you how come you had to be the one to do it well, it, it was funny. Um, Joyce, who I worked very closely with um, on this, she came to me. We were shooting on a Monday, and she came to me. I think it was a Friday. She's like, Kevin, do you cook much bacon? I'm like, well, yeah, fairly regularly. I mean, who doesn't love bacon, right? And she's like, I would. I hate to do this to you, but something's come up last minute. Can you handle cooking all the food for the photo shoot and taking it up there? I was like, sure. And thankfully, I have a wonderful, wonderful girlfriend who is a pretty good cook. So between my place and her place, we went out, got all the ham and the bacon, and she helped me cook a lot of it. Uh, funny story, in the midst of that, that weekend, I actually proposed to her and we got engaged to get married. Um, and she was a saint about the whole thing. Both of our places reeked of bacon for many days <laughs> afterwards, which to me is a beautiful smell, but uh, she was a little tired of it after a couple of days. But uh, it took a long time. Uh, I cooked the bacon in the oven as, as well as uh, the ham. Uh, so yeah, it was it was time consuming. It was pretty much you know a pound or two at a time. Uh, so it took all weekend long to get it ready. Yeah, that's going to be a memory that you two will get to share for a very <laughs> long time because I, yeah. I know our engagement story is not nearly as exciting and it still gets oh. retold. So uh, <laughs> very, very much so. Congratulations there. So as your team is looking forward to trying to get back into that award circle next year, 
what uh, what do you think is going to be the next launched viral campaign that your group can put together? Well, you know, the fun part about it is when I applied for the NAMA award, it was just based on the original picture with purchase more ham and bacon. Those four players, we kept looking down the roster and we were able to incorporate a couple of others. There's an Alec Cook and there's also Zach Lovett. So not only purchase more ham and bacon, but cook more ham and bacon. Uh, so we did a video where we had the original players lined up and then uh, they're looking at all this ham and bacon that Purchase had purchased, um, and they're trying to figure out what to do with it. And then Cook comes in. He's like, man, don't worry. I got this. So you see Cook more ham and bacon with the four players' jerseys lined up. And then, of course, love it at the end. Uh, you, you eat all this delicious ham and bacon, and you love it. So uh, it worked out well. The videos uh, did very well on social media as well, and we got a lot of attention for those. And uh, we're going to keep it going. The players have been fantastic to work with. Uh, a lot of them are scholar athletes. They've been very coachable, which is good for football players. And uh, there's uh, some additions to the roster next year. So I think uh, as long as this thing has legs, we're going to run with it. I love that. What a great story that this has turned out to be with the pieces of your engagement and the cooking of the bacon. Kevin, really appreciate you sharing this story, and we're excited to see more cool campaigns coming out from the Iowa Pork Producers Association this football season. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's so when we posted it on X, within three hours, it got one million views, and then uh, it was up to two million by within twelve hours. And just the comments on social media, y'all know how uh, negative social media can be overwhelmingly positive comments. So people really liked it. It's fun. Uh, our producers have loved it, which is the most important thing. It's put a smile on the pig farmers' faces and uh, we've had a blast with it. And uh, the players have been great to work with. The Weebo Collective at Iowa State, as well as Cyclone Sports Properties, we had to work with them on you know, use of the jerseys and things. So uh, it's just been a win-win all around and a perfect scenario. Fantastic. We certainly agree. And Thanks again for joining us. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Well, that was fun. And I do think we need to comb the roster for some podcast promotion. See if we can get somebody for ourselves, Delaney. I agree. I like that. I don't know how we're going to line up them recruiting just the right players with those names, standard, but uh, I'll leave that in your court to figure out. All right. More for me to do. Pink microphone <laughs> for Valentine's Day and finding athletes <laughs> with the right last names. Got it. It's a perfect list for you. Hey, yes, but that's enough for today. So should we let the listeners go? Let's let them go.